0: Here we, are.
1: Yeah, we haven't gone anywhere, have you? <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, I hope you brought a snack, or <laughs> a drink, I don't know, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Um, <laughs> it's also Saturday, screw it. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: Drive up and delivery and curbside service for grocery stores.
0: It's so nice.
1: As someone who has agoraphobia, super like high social anxiety, it's one of the best things ever. I can shop at home. I can sit on my phone. This isn't even a sponsored ad. I'm not even talking about anybody specific. (laughs) (laughs) It's just in general. (laughs) They can shop on my phone, add it to my cart, drive up to the place. Tell them I'm here, and they some really nice, lovely. Well, in my experience, some really nice, lovely older lady comes out, tells me all about her life, and puts, yeah. her, puts my groceries in the backseat. which yes. is a lovely experience all the way around. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: that's awesome. It's fantastic. Please don't stop that, people. Restaurants, yeah, grocery yeah. Stores. Going, going on top of that, I used to work at the Ramones in Wildberries, mm-hmm. and I tell you, the people that worked at the juice bar. We're so freaking cool and so freaking chill. Really? I I'm, I don't know, y'all. Be nice to your juice bar baristas. Like, they, they deserve it, and they will hook you up be if nice, you do. Yes,
1: be nice to baristas, sir, like grocery store workers. The retail Service workers. industry in general. Yes. Fucking uh, can we please just take a second and just think about how much nicer we could be to all retail people, customer service industry, all of it, please. Yeah, yeah. Also, I went into um, Wildberries, I think, the day of Halloween this year, and um, the person at the juice bar had the best makeup out of all of them by far. Perfect. It was really nice. Awesome. It was, a bit, Yeah, it was subtle, but like, kind of like, but like, made a statement. Like bitchin'. <laughs> like me, subtle, but <laughs> makes a statement. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Speaking of making
0: a statement, let's hear all of yours. All of my? <laughs> all of we'll, your statements. All of, well, first we're gonna start out with
1: some <laughs> disclaimers. Uh, trigger warnings, uh, we're gonna be talking about religious, my religious experience, their, um, potential trigger warnings could be manipulation, gaslighting, coercion um, uh, like I said I'll be talking about my religious trauma um, some talking probably about some mild like abuse um, uh, different like physical mental health abuse a little bit so if those are topics that you just don't want to hear or don't need to hear today just go ahead um, take, a breather. take a breather go <laughs> listen to some other music and come back maybe next week if we're, we're talking about something else okay so last week we had the wonderful, wonderful oh. pleasure of hearing your story. Oh, uh, yeah. It was absolutely, I mean, lovely in the sense that I love hearing about your story. Unfortunate in the sense that it was probably traumatic.
0: I <laughs> mean, it's okay. No. It's, it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's a special skill storytelling, and it's a special skill telling your story. And it's hard. It's hard. It's, um, it is difficult it's it's hard to be vulnerable but it's so worth it i you know like i just i hope this i hope this opportunity to be vulnerable is really um more freeing than anything
1: oh you know what honestly it's there's no downsides to it in my opinion it's i think it's helping us yeah it's helping us to process it's freeing it's liberating um it's also helping people that are listening and I know this for a fact because people have been telling me that like I yeah. like I mentioned last week reconnecting with an old friend who's kind of going through a very similar experience um, mm-hmm. them and their partner so it's you know vulnerability is <coughs> if you haven't watched it or seen it go right now to not right now after the show <laughs> um, go right go after the show to the what, to, to the YouTubes go <laughs> now go on down to the YouTubes tap it in your in your um, little computer thing there and uh, watch uh, Brene Brown the power of vulnerability. Yeah life changing. Oh watch it 10 God. times in a row. it'll be it's just life changing. But honestly, Ugh. vulnerability is so incredibly challenging and difficult, but it almost always pays off. yeah there's really not a, there's not too many times in life where being vulnerable with someone that is safe and that you care about and cares about you has a negative effect. Yeah. you know as yeah. far as like sharing your story, sharing you know your that kind anything of thing, so. really. It's really fucking fantastic, and and um, oop, there's my curse word. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Well, I get to tell my story, so I get a couple
0: passes. You get all of the passes. Okay, thanks. You yeah. you are it's your turn. Yeah. You know. It's it's my, it's it's hey. Our turn. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the plug and for the day. You. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> nice being here. Let's
1: talk to you later. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Um, okay, so I'm gonna dive into me yeah um, well
0: <laughs> dive in let's amazing. go yeah
1: okay um uh so I, i've been looking up so kind of in preparation by in preparation right before we got here on the on the drive over because that's right. my day of preparation i looked up like the. so i was raised um this is get ready people this is going to be like there's no there's no no point a point b <laughs> it's all over the place Just time isn't yourself. linear yeah, Hang grab on onto your your hats. yeah exactly I was born into and raised in um, Pentecostal Christian religion. It was uh, very strict, very conservative. And, and actually, in the last couple of years, I've been using the word cult because I don't particularly like attributing what I went through to religion in general. Because one of the things I've learned is that everybody has a different path to freedom and liberation and healing and sometimes the path of a religion the 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 innumerable bond of religions out there um is their path and i don't ever want to discredit or invalidate that right but what i went through i've realized that religion was the tool that they used to create the environment of 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 trauma and, and abuse so
0: And yeah, just to like clarify that a little bit more, we were talking about this this morning, but Mm -hmm. just this idea that two people can go through the same experience like religion and one of them can come out better and find a way of life and find like a purpose of life and the other person can come out completely messed up, completely traumatized. And those two experiences can happen in the exact same universe. Uh, sometimes in the same household. In the same household, yeah. yes. Oh my God. The yeah. The two
1: people who have the, you know, often siblings right. growing up in the same environment, sometimes, you know, one of them takes that trauma and that, 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 um, what they experienced in it, like, creates a platform and it's you know a a spring which that they bounce off of and are wildly successful while the other person that exact same experience destroys them yeah you know and both both experiences are valid and and neither experience invalidates or enforces the other one right they're they're both valid right
0: so this is your experience going through religion and coming out completely Mm -hmm. traumatized from it
1: (laughs) 100 percent Effed up all across <laughs> the board. Yeah, <laughs> the only thing that works. Now, the only thing I could do well now is my eyebrows, which you can't see, so you're just going to take take my word for it.
0: I can see them all vouch for you. Thank you.
1: They're yeah, pretty yeah, great. They're great. <laughs> Anyways,
0: um,
1: so I, uh, being born and and I was um, multi generational, um, like like my my, um, mom's parents were like. Fundamental to starting the church that I went mm-hmm. to. I, I can't remember exactly, but I think they actually, like, I think my grandpa may have, like, helped build the church. Oh, wow. Or found so it's the church. There. Yeah. And, same, and then my grandma's, my grandmother's father was, they, like, wrote a book about his, you know, him starting churches and across, all across the United States. That's what he did.
0: Dang. Which
1: wasn't uncommon. Um, people would go into a town, you know, build a building. Take over a building, start a church, establish the foundation, and then turn it over to somebody that they trained. That's so crazy to me. And then move on to another state and do the
0: exact same thing. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it is like colonialism ultimately. That's what it is. (laughs) Colonialism. That's we should just it. do an episode in all whispers. I think an that ASMR would like, episode? drive people crazy. I can't stand ASMR <laughs>
1: I can't handle it. People scratching things and
0: whispering. It, it makes me want to oh, claw no. my skin off. Okay, I don't like well, it. Never mind. <laughs> then we will not do an episode Apparently that people
1: way. love it. I mean they people just go go absolute bonkers for it. Not whatever, me.
0: Whatever makes your freaky little heart happy y'all.
1: Just Absolutely. No king shaming here. Whatever what whatever <laughs> you enjoy.
0: Even if it's A-S-R. A- yeah. ASMR whispering.
1: You go for it. Just don't play it around me.
0: Yeah, I know. Um anyway.
1: so <clears throat> so I say that the multigenerational thing to to um to really enforce the idea that like it, this wasn't a new concept. A lot of the practices were were deeply ingrained into Everything that we did, so it wasn't uh, a lot of people have the experience of like their parents deciding to be religious while they were children, uh-huh. or being born into a single generational relate. You know, their parents were not raised religious, decided to become religious, had kids, right? You know, <clears throat> but not worse or better, but the experience it's just different. The experience of being multi generational, it's deeper. It's, it's a little deeper. deeper, and I feel like the I don't, I don't want to say the trauma is more intense, but it, the, 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 the mindset, how much of it, it's a way of life. You know, I, I would say that like the grass is green, the sky is blue, you know, Mm -hmm. Jesus is God kind of like, that was, that that was how I described it. It wasn't a, an idea alongside. It was, this is my entire reality. This is real. This is the reality. And, um, so I was raised, I was in Pentecostal, and I, you know, I was looking up before, I was telling you that Pentecostalism, the actual religion, the idea of Pentecostalism is based off the day of Pentecost in the Bible, the story about after Jesus' death, he, when he, when Jesus died to create the ultimate sacrifice for our sins and then went back up to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, he was no longer on the earth and everyone felt abandoned, which <laughs> uh, <coughs> he said that yeah <laughs> <laughs> talk about daddy issues. Oh, okay. We okay. all have it. Okay. <laughs> I need a I need a But <laughs> anyways. I don't need a I don't need we that. We don't no, need that. No, it's okay. Don't ever let me do that. <laughs> um uh the people were like well, what were we supposed to do? Jesus is gone. He said, I will send my comforter I will send the Holy Spirit and on this day at this time, go up into this room. It was 120 hours, not 120 days. I'm pretty sure it was 120 hours. I actually can't remember. I obviously wasn't there. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> it, I think it was like they, they straight, I just remember it being a long, like an unnatural amount of time. Like you wouldn't be able to survive without food and water that long, but they right. did. Yeah. And then they prayed and then the Holy Spirit came down in a, as a mighty rushing wind and filled the room and everyone had fire above their heads and then they all spoke in a different tongue a, a, a heavenly tongue and that was the sign Wow that the Holy Spirit had come and that was the, the as we were taught the origin of Pentecostalism so in my mind I thought that Pentecostalism specifically not just Christianity because it wasn't this what this was Pentecostalism was di- like we were Christians but also Pentecostals right and um, and so, in my mind, we were led to believe that Pentecostalism started from that day, from the Bible times. That was, but the 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 religion, Pentecostalism, the religion actually started in like 1901, like the early 1900s. <laughs> oh, she's 1900s. a baby. <laughs> yeah, not that long ago. Yeah, not yeah. that long ago. Someone again kind of was like, well, it was it was a time of. Indifference in religion. A lot of people started disagreeing about religious religion, and so they're like, "Well, Mm -hmm. this is what I think," and started a religion, and here we are today. You know, yeah. Which to me is just so difficult. uh, Difficult because when you have that experience of religion and you're taught that that this is how life is and how it's always been, and then you start finding these holes you're like wait a sec so it was some guy just made this up in 1901 yeah you know like and this isn't how it is not everybody believes this this isn't the world like what yeah what yeah it's so earth shattering it's so like you feel that well you don't feel like it it it, it is the foundation by which you have built your life on disintegrates Yeah. doesn't crack doesn't crumble doesn't fall over completely disintegrates and you free fall into the world and and are I, i describe it as that 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 um, the Alice in Wonderland when she falls into the the, the you know the, the rabbit, rabbit hole, hole, and she's just floating and nothing and trying to grab onto these things. I, that's how I felt when 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 I came out of religion when I fi- like when my reality finally broke. It was like I just felt yeah. like I was free falling, free floating into the world, the not the entire expanse and universe that is what we understand to be reality, trying to grasp onto anything that made sense. Which nothing did, you know, because I not only was I free falling, I had no tools or concepts by which to grab anything to fall on, to to put underneath my feet. I I not only didn't have the education, I didn't have the tools by which to educate myself, which really indicates how deep the the manipulation goes and how deep the controlling goes is that it wasn't they weren't just controlling how you thought or what you thought they controlled how you they controlled how you got information. So they weren't just controlling their information, they were controlling how you got
0: information. Yeah. And that is wildly abusive. <laughs> they have a lot they they retain a lot of control yeah. in that in that dynamic. Oh, absolutely, which is the whole point. Which me. is the whole
1: point. I think I said that on our first episode, which wasn't recorded. Sorry, so I'll say it again. <laughs> um that like when you reduce my religious experience and a lot of religions, not spirituality, a lot of religions in general,
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you boil them down to what they are, it ends up being about control. Yeah. They're trying to control people. And yeah. that's not, if, if that's what your religious experience is boiled down to, that's not positive. Yeah. If, um, in fact, if you are actually experiencing spirituality, you will feel freer, not more controlled. Yeah um so that's kind that's the the fund like the fundamentals beginning of pentecostalism but and we were (coughs) we were the we were spoken tongues ran around the church jumped and you know jumped and hooped and hollered and i'm doing that in air quotes because we'd say that all the time Mm -hmm. um spirit filled speaking like the whole we were it when when i when people are genuinely seriously talking about Pentecostalism, and when they're making fun of it, those two extremes that's what it was like. Yeah, it is. The, <laughs> it was the stereotype, it is what you think it is. Um, that when you're like, oh my god, that's so far out there, that was it, <laughs> that was us, and you know, it was very misogynistic. Yeah, um, uh, very men were the teachers, men were the spiritual leaders, the controllers of everything. Men mm-hmm. controlled everything. They made all the final decisions. Yep. Our entire now I, I do want to clarify too um, <coughs> there's a couple people like my grandparents and the, uh, the pastor that was pastoring the church when I was a kid. Really wonderful people who happened to also be Pentecostal Christians. Yeah, <laughs> But like fundamentally they were really lovely people. Loved, loved, l- just loved people and, and really like some of the um some of the best lessons i've learned and the things i've learned about love are from those people you know so they, yeah it was very much a like this is how we believe because this is what we believe is right but i'm not about
0: to tell you anybody else is wrong kind of thing you know i feel like where people go right in these religions is when it isn't their only identity like if people get wrapped up in like i am a christian like christian hulk like that's all i am Mm -hmm. it's it's really minimizing to how layered and how in depth that person is like you're so much more than your religion oh absolutely you're so much more than so much more than
1: you're so much more than any aspect i mean we've talked i think we've talked about the fact that like you know, your identity as a queer person. Mm -hmm. It's just one like it's a huge deal. It's It's a facet. But it's only a facet of who you are. It's just a part just like everything else, you know, about you. Exactly. Um, So it's anything that anything that has that much control over your life is usually not ideal. Yeah. Um so I just but I just want to preface that because when I think of people, you know, my mom, my grandparents and the original pastor of the church, literally some of the most beautiful people I've ever met in my entire life. Now the pastor that took over from that one? Horrid. Yeah. Horrible. Awful. Like one of the worst people I've ever met in my entire life. Absolutely awful. Um uh so yeah, so we were that church, we were that, that type. Um very, very just very, very, very Pentecostal.
0: And you weren't allowed to interact with other no we call them wards in mormonism but other like churches we weren't allowed to interact with anyone outside of church so
1: our church was very small i think at the in my entire um 25 years that i went to that specific church the most people we ever had attending there at one time was 200. wow and the smallest was like 50 or 60 wow part of that 50 or 60 was like my grandparents my family me wow like yeah very isolated incredibly isolated and growing up we weren't allowed to we were not only not allowed to hang out with people who didn't go to church we weren't allowed to hang out with people who went to other churches because they were too liberal (laughs) yeah they were too like we weren't allowed to go to like youth nights at other churches we weren't allowed to go to um anything because it was look because so the 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 stand the standards the the everything about my church my experience was um I'm just gonna put that there so I can see it because I keep looking at it sorry oh I don't okay I know what I just you're doing great okay um <sighs> the outward appearance was one of the top priorities in our church yeah absolute top priorities yeah and most of the requirements fell on the the women again preface when we say men or women I'm talking about um. Not gender identity, sexuality. I'm talking about at that time what they viewed. They were, they only viewed two genders. There was a man and a woman. Yes, yeah. So um, that is not our, um, that is not our view. That was the view of, of that church then.
0: Yeah, that's just the language that they understand to use. Correctly,
1: I mean correct. Yes. Um, uh, so most of the rules fell on. The women, as far as outward appearance, um, women weren't allowed to wear pants. Women weren't allowed to wear makeup. They weren't allowed to cut their hair. That changed as it kind of went on, cutting their hair and stuff. Women, but when I was a kid, kid, women were out weren't allowed to cut the color their hair. Women weren't allowed to like I like we were considered a liberal liberal church in the Pentecostal denomination because we allowed women to like preach and teach in our church. Wow. Yeah, like women were only allowed to do things under the covering of their. Husband or the father, Uh, yeah. uh,
0: Let me just bang my forehead against the table here, real quick. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it was Uh.
1: like the misogyny was it ran thick like a mad oh, absolutely. Every, Uh. yeah, it was like, like, yeah, it was just, it was just disgusting. It was just, it was so disgusting. Um. How much and so and but but then also for men it was like we men weren't allowed like I wasn't allowed to wear shorts like I don't I still don't understand why um we weren't allowed to wear tank tops you know because it was
0: scandalous upper calves you gotta uh, cover those knees
1: like we like like knees yeah God yeah it was it was was absolutely ridiculous were
0: women allowed to wear pants at all No Okay Not None Not at all
1: great like it, like there was there were discussions in depth discussions of whether or not it was wrong for women to wear sweatpants or pajamas at home in in the privacy of their own home when they went to bed are they supposed
0: to stay in jeans or f- skirt can't even wear jeans no. oh my god Skirts. a freaking nightgown yes oh my god skirts they were, they were, were so uncomfortable was,
1: they were supposed to wear skirts or a skirt form there was not supposed to be a divide in the material between their legs at any time. Uh, some of these things kind of lightened up over Jeez. the years when I got older, but still, like I remember, end up like none of the women went skiing, and like when I was a real when I was a small kid because they weren't allowed to wear ski pants, you know. God. Yeah, like the the outward appearance. Uh. The when we um, <clears throat> when I was the, so the 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 it'll be good pastor and bad pastor um bad pastor when bad pastor took over that's what we called the leader of the church by the way was the pastor um i mean that's a pretty general reference but just in case yeah you know, um when he took over we actually had a worship team which was also very scandalous because when i grew up one person we, you know we asked song leaders to come and they would grab this the hymnal and they would walk up to the thing that person would lead that hymnal however long they wanted to. yeah. And they would sing in the mic and that was it. And then when the bad pastor took over, we had a worship team which was like four or five people who they determined were good singers and then they would lead worship songs which were so was so modern and scandalous, you know? It took a while for people to get used to. It
0: sounds like such a popularity com- comp. Oh my god, like, the
1: hierarchy of, of popularity. That that was the other thing of like, like the, the bad pastor got, like he got so much like he was so narcissistic, so narcissistic, and encouraged that kind of like there was definitely a hierarchy. Like, if you were on the, if you were on the, um, the, like the, the, uh, not the worship team, but like the, like the, the, the group of men that controlled like the, the, the ministry, like if you were a, a yeah. minister leader, you yeah. know? It was such this privilege you know we go to breakfast yeah. once a month and talk about what we're doing in our different religions and how we're masters of
0: the universe oh yeah <laughs> give him
1: reports like we'd have to type and he had like very like we had to show up to restaurants and suits and ties for our for our, our um, oh. once a month meeting and we had to give him reports in paper printed out like so that he could read what we were doing and approve or disapprove it he had the right at any given time to veto anything we wanted to do even if we, even if it was something like there were projects that I had worked on, because um, surprise, surprise, I was like in charge of like all the artistic stuff most of the time, um, and if we were doing something that was like artistic and he didn't like it, he could cancel it the day of, Jeez. you know, like that kind of stuff. It was it was such a power trip. It was Ugh. it was so gross. Um, but uh, yeah, the outward appearance was so was the most important thing, and there was so much control over that, and and. Um, and I don't remember. Yeah, the isolation. Going, I I I lost my train of thought. But the isolation was really intense. So we weren't allowed to have. So I didn't have like, and have like friends outside of the church. Uh, growing up, I didn't have. We were homeschooled from fourth grade on, because the our our um our school started teaching evolution. Mm. And how progressive of them. I mean, they're fucking teaching science. Yeah. So, you know, and weird, yeah, and so <laughs> they took us out of school, and so the isolation was so intense I had no I had no exposure to the outside world at all like a, at all at all I mean I, I, I jokingly say that we were one we were one um, property purchase away from a Netflix special <laughs> you know we were that was well I remember when I was actually when I right before I left the church a few years before I left the church or before the church fell apart um uh, we were looking at property. There was like we were looking at different churches, and we there there was like talk of us all like buying property and putting houses around it and having our like chicken. a commune. Uh, yes, so like a like a real ass cult.
0: <laughs> so when when about was that, and how old were you when you in my twenties? Okay, I mean I
1: I just turned thirty eight now, and that was probably my early twenties. And this was in Arcata. This wasn't a different state. I haven't moved away. I didn't escape from Texas or Kansas or Oklahoma. <laughs> Nevada, wherever. <laughs> no, this was right here locally. In Arcata. This this church existed. This kind of shit was going on.
0: I mean it just goes to show there are good and bad people literally everywhere. And 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 don't
1: don't downplay or think that because it's not from that area that it wasn't that bad. You know, like I got, I got, I I have said this to myself, you know, other people have said it to me. It's like, well, at least you're not like the one of those churches back in Oklahoma. Oh, it was still bad. (laughs) It was just as bad as that, you know? Yeah like, I don't want to say just as bad because I don't like comparing experiences or trauma but you know what I'm,
0: like, it was still
1: really severe. Yeah. Just because it was in California or Humboldt doesn't mean it was less severe.
0: Right, and and the location of it doesn't determine how traumatic it was. No. It it was still very much a cult. It was still very much brainwashing those individuals. It's still very much I mean, is, so when you say fell apart, is it existing still? Like, is there still so the past, a following?
1: Uh, yes, actually. So the pastor that, the bad pastor, fell apart because of, a bunch of things happened that I don't really want to talk about because they're, they're horrible. Um, like, they're hor- horrible. The things that him and his family did to other people were, I, 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 I can't, I don't even know a word. So they're heinous the s- things that him and his family did to people in our church
0: yeah so he seems to be the catalyst yes. of what however like however many steps but there was a downfall from this pastor mm-hmm. and that seemed to push a lot of followers away and that's kind of like the downfall that you mentioned yes so this pastor
1: I mean some of the lesser things that he did was like steal money and property from the church and and he was definitely like profiting and living off of the money that we were paying him. And, cool. and he was just a, just a bad person a lot. It's just kind of one of those, like, Hmm, like it started, you know, he passed her for like the last, well, 10 years, the, 10 years he was there. Cause I think he took over when I was 16 or 17 and hey. I left the church around 25, 26. And it was went, still went on a couple years after I left. Um, <laughs> And, uh, it was just kind of one of those, like, you start to just see moral things that just morally, you're like, the cracks. Yeah. (laughs) But anything from like, like not tipping enough, not tipping, you know, or, or not, not treating the waiter or waitress, um, wait person, wait staff. I was like, what's the the person that that waits the tables? (laughs) (laughs) So. the The gender neutral word
0: for server yes server
1: is a gender
0: neutral word great server
1: um uh just little little things like that to like huge things of like them you know lying to the church and convincing the church that they were giving money back to them when really they just stole a house from the church essentially legally stole a house from the church that had existed for the benefit of the church, since it was founded, wow, kind of, and that was some of the lesser stuff that he did. That was just financial stuff, the the stuff more morally, ethically, and personally that yeah. him and his family did to the church is like beyond, beyond, the ripples are still yeah. happening. <laughs> oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Here yeah. we are Here talking we are. about it on a radio show. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um. So decisions that he. So it just kind of like started to people just kind of started to like realize that he wasn't that great of a person and then you know mm-hmm. once you start questioning one thing you start questioning everything and then he kind of like you know the and then the, the big there was a big event a moment and catalyst that happened that was like the event was so intense that one of his family members went to jail for it
0: oh wow yeah
1: so it, what we're not talking like like we aren't you know someone you know, whatever said something you so, like, know, like legal issues legal like one of his family members broke the law like wow like, which breaking the laws blah, blah, but like the thing that he did deserved punishment yeah you know? yeah and that that was kind of the and then the thing the, after that happened they like circled the wagons and like um which i don't know if that's a really good saying to, thing to say but they
0: rallied that's a, yeah they rallied um uh, actually now that you think about it I'm not a great saying is it you know well okay so what it brings me to is like pilgrims right they circle oh. the wagons to like protect oh, okay, okay each okay. other but but what makes me question it is like who are they protecting against exactly that's what I was thinking okay so anyway so of they course rally I was, thinking, I was <laughs> thinking like animals coyotes yeah wolves. But logic
1: I, that's probably not knowing probably not knowing not the, the people that taught it to me that's probably not where it came from yeah so, ra- they, so they rallied, rallied. exactly <laughs> they rallied um um and then was basically like put it back on the church like the people in the church like you need to yeah you know so gaslighting
0: it wasn't our problem oh, this came because you weren't honorable or worthy or, enough
1: or like oh yeah they did it but they said sorry so you have to forgive them because you're a christian yeah and if get you over don't it. and if you don't you're a bad christian so, no consequences, no... Um, also, again, I would like to mention that the person that did this was a, a man, so, of course...
0: Freaking men. I know, mean, not anything. all men, for no real, men. but, like, Enough I'm of them. so over no. men right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just <laughs> yeah. so over that arrogant, yeah. like... Ooh, anyway, sorry, yes. di- I digress. Um, um, no, it's a great digression. <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, so, I mean... That's like the over, I want to say that's the overarching, the big picture, the kind of like the big, the big Mm -hmm. points. But the thing that was, that's really traumatic that stays with me is the, um, the, um, I I need to to get my anxiety rock. Yes. Oh my my God. (laughs) I forgot my anxiety rock too. The, the thing that really makes it, um, uh, challenging is the day to day stuff the um the 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 brainwashing the manipulation the convince you know the stuff that like 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 the um that Jesus is always watching that God can see all of your thoughts oh my God. that kind of that kind of stuff is like it, I don't even know how to I don't even again I don't have it in my vocabulary just to tell you how how disturbing and traumatizing it, it is you it's know?
0: it's so it's so funny. Um, That you mentioned that because today and yesterday, maybe like just the latter part of this week, I have been overwhelmed with anxiety in an everyday, every situation sort of Mm -hmm. experience. And I realized that it's because... If I do something wrong, I still feel like there's someone watching me and taking a little tally against my name so that you're, you know, like I'm going to pay for these wrongdoings later. And and I feel like that's kind of, it goes back to like how deep and every day it is because that perspective that everything that you do wrong is being marked against you. Holy shit, how much freaking weight and pressure and like, Man, if you just go through life seeing all the things that you do wrong, of course you're going to believe that you're a shitty human. And only seeing the things that you do wrong. Because yes.
1: Pentecostalism, um, you know, they, they teach and talk about love, but they focus on punishment. So it was like everything was fear based. You know, the conditional talk, love yes the conditional love they talk it they say unconditional but they always there's always conditions yeah and people are like oh heaven and hell but there was something to look forward to they didn't talk about how i mean they did talk about how amazing heaven was but it was always like this wonderful beautiful place that you'll go to when you die if you don't do this 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 and this and this and if and uh You know, like the, and everything was fear based. You don't want to go to hell. So everything you do is, you don't want to go to hell. Hell is a horrible place. Right. Eternal torture. I just want you to, I don't want you to imagine because it's traumatic, but I want you, like, we were told from kids, just like fairy tales or, or like Mother Goose, you know, fairy tale stories. We were taught about hell that if we were taught about the rapture, which the rapture was an, an, an undisclosed time. That Jesus was going to come back and take all of his faithful servants, um, and I say servants intentionally because that's how it was taught to us. We yep. were to serve him. Yep. Um, uh, he, he was going to come back at an undisclosed time and take all of his faithful servants back up to heaven. And if you didn't, if you were caught in a moment of unawares, and it was uh, it was impossible to be perfect because I remember them teaching us as kids that every night we went to bed we were supposed to do our nightly prayers and ask Jesus to forgive us of any sins we didn't know we had committed so we were not only responsible for the knowledge that's why I have a saying that I said that people aren't responsible for the knowledge they don't have because we were taught as kids that we were responsible for the knowledge we had we are also responsible for the knowledge we didn't have so we were going to be held accountable for sins that we had committed that we didn't know were sins
0: that is terrifying, and and it it just I mean okay y- yeah it's it just like it makes it, I I don't mean this disparagingly but it makes you feel crazy yes because you are not only.
2: It's, it's it is just, maddening.
0: It's maddening. Yeah. It's so much to put on not only a human, like, if we're talking about an, an adult human, that's whatever. Like, that's hard enough is what I'm trying to say. No, I know what you mean. But putting it on a child who doesn't have any vocabulary to understand the world around them. And then you tell them that everything that they are doing wrong has an impact on their afterlife salvation. They're a freaking child. Yeah. They just want to play. They aren't putting so much stock into when they die, what's going to happen. Like, oh, my God, I'm so fiery. (laughs) Not only children that don't like, oh, they don't care.
1: They're children. They just want to play. But they don't children don't have the the they genuinely don't have the 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 brain capacity. They don't have the tools, the knowledge, the education, the ability, the development. That's what I'm looking for. They don't have the development to understand the applications of those things so you know if i'm saying to this now like i'm saying communicating this to you this idea to you now that everything you do will have a um have a, a, a consequence on your e- eternal life. Mm-hmm. You have the ability to process that information, understand that you're going to be only be held responsible for things you know that right or wrong. That you un- you have the capacity to understand the difference between right or wrong. You understand moral and ethics, ethics and and you know gray areas and all of this kind. You understand all those concepts. Children don't. Yeah. Everything exists in extremes for children. At least it did for me. Um. um which mental health. Let's that's right. a whole other. I think we need like an, a, sep- a separate episode to talk about that. Yeah. Um uh like kid everything exists in extremes. So there was, you know, like everything was wrong or everything was right for me. Yep. And so everything was wrong since I couldn't guarantee that everything was right, everything was wrong. Yep. All of my thoughts were wrong. Yep. So I constantly as a child, from my earliest memory remember like having to control my behavior because I genuinely thought I was going to hell. So add on top of that, just that general f- foundation, uh, ex- fun- f- like f- fundamental experience, add on top of that, mental illness, mental health issues, um, um, like, diff- like, d- like just diff- processing mm-hmm. issues, learning issues, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Add on top of that, that I'm a queer person, and have never once, like, knew I was, like, didn't know what queer was, didn't know what gay was, didn't know right. what anything like that was, had no language for it, but knew I was different from moment one, I knew I was different. Interesting. And I, well, and it wasn't that I knew I was different. It was that I was who I was, and I knew that was wrong. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So uh, when people ask, like, oh, when did you realize you were gay? Or when did you realize you were, you know, identify as non-binary, pansexual, queer now, but... The link, the only language that I had at that time, right, was gay. Um, when did you know you were gay? And it was like, there wasn't a time I, I didn't know. There wasn't a time that I realized I was gay. There was a memory of, oh, I'm something that is horribly wrong, that is like I'm I'm this. I know I'm this. I don't know how not to be this, and this is wrong. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, I didn't have that that moment of like, oh. Oh, I'm attracted to these types of people, and I am attracted to, to to men. You know, again, yeah. using that language at that time. Yeah, I'm attracted to men, and being attracted to men, it was wrong. It was like, oh, this is what I am. Oh, that's wrong. Like, it's just learning by 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 proxy that this behavior is bad. Yeah, you know.
0: Well, and to to go back to to where children are concerned, like children are not stupid. They no. just know what they know. Yeah, and honestly, that's not a lot to start out. Yeah, totally, with. absolutely. And it's uh, it's, it's important to make it very clear that children also don't have the ability to be very critical and say, should I take what this person is saying to heart? Everything is. Should real. I believe yeah. that? Yeah, and they're very literal. You know, yes. they're very literal. They're Especially very. Me clear like straightforward and it's it's just you know like you were saying they only have the words for what they know yeah and and so you're you're ultimately trying to not only like figure out your own stuff but you're trying to differentiate who you can trust i, I guess like as yes. an adult now yes. like you're trying to you're, you're, uh, I mean, this is not coming out right, but I'm following you're, you. You're basically like not only being an adult right now, but you are also trying to reparent yourself and allow those childhood years to maybe happen, to yes. maybe yes. heal, to uh, yes. be there without any judgment or pain. And that is a lot of backtracking. Oh, yeah. But that's also a lot of like right now processing.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I, um, I, have said before that I believe that you like you have to you there are experiences and lessons and things that you learn in life development like development has to happen so if you're stunted in development this is this, this isn't something I've learned this is something I observe and how I feel mm-hmm. you know if you're stunted in development when you're a kid and you were forced to be an adult or you're forced to grow up or you're forced to do things that kids aren't supposed to do you have to have those those childlike experiences at some point so if you put them you have off to <laughs> when you're a kid and it just kind of backs up until you're an adult then all of a sudden you're doing exactly what you said i'm trying to be an adult hold down a job deal with all of the the trauma and stuff that i'm dealing with now while also having to reparent myself while also having to experience all these childlike things i mean sometimes i'm like sometimes i feel like i'm ready to go take on the world i'm managing i'm taking my i've take i've taken my meds i've gone to work i'm feeling great and sometimes i just want to sit at home and play with legos yeah like no joke just want to sit at home and play with legos or or color in a coloring book which is
0: those are fucking amazing. honestly do, by the way whoever doesn't color like just give it a freaking try it'll calm the shit out of you yeah and if you have focus issues
1: like if you like if you can't focus on things like coloring is such a great way to like bring everything yes um, so one you know I, t- right now is a great time to like play a song take a break yeah um, And I want to talk about like the the next thing I want to talk about is like my experience um, my experience as I became aware as I started to um, as I started to uh, realize who I was realize what it was and then realize how wrong it was as far as my queer identity and what that kind of experience was like Of, that's a that's one of the that's a good one that's one of my that's definitely one of
0: mine. she's you a know. she's a pretty feisty one that Gwen Gwen Stefani Ugh.
1: Mm. Ugh. there are you know there are people like Gwenta, Gwen Stefani that I feel like defy sexuality or sexual preferences doesn't, mm. doesn't matter how you identify or what your, what right. your sexual preferences. is Gwenta, Gwen Stefani's freaking hot yep and amazing yep powerful yes beautiful yes Ugh.
0: Prince is another one that comes to mind. Oh, like, yeah. One of those individuals. Like, it doesn't matter who you're attracted to you're what attracted you prefer. To Prince. You're attracted. Prince, to Prince is a sexual preference. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh,
1: like, I, I'm pansexual and I'm also Prince. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not sure if I want to be you or be on you. It's a. Or both. Or oh, fucking both. Please. Please. Really. Yeah let's just Can yeah. I be you when you're not around and being
1: on you when you are yes uh, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. best of
0: all the worlds
1: yes we're back if you're just joining my name is Aiden Ash my pronouns are they them and this is it's our turn
0: yeah I'm Emerson I'm he they yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us or continuing to stay here yeah, yeah uh thanks for listening thanks for
1: thanks for listening
0: so to our not asmr podcast <laughs> this is not an asmr podcast we're gonna sound as awful as possible for that reason and, yeah and,
1: and assaulting to your ears <clears throat> yeah um
0: so so you wanted to come back um after the realization that you were queer and like what that meant or like because mm-hmm. Because you're deep into this religion and so you finally have the words to be like, I am that. That is what I am. So what's the next step for you?
1: So it didn't happen exactly kind of like that for me. So, Okay. In the sense that I never I never had the process, I never got to learn the process of like, I am gay or queer. Again, I say gay because that was the only language I had at the time. You know, in, in our church there was I don't. I didn't even know if I knew that there was lesbians. I thought that gay was something that only <laughs> only cisgendered men could be. Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. So I didn't. I never had the the moment of like, oh, I'm gay. Oh, and that's wrong. It was more just. I was taught that that the the enemy, Satan, the ultimate nemesis of us, the person who was dragging us to hell and wanted to ruin our lives. Mm-hmm used different tactics to pull different people that he knew would work, you know? So some, oh, yeah. so
0: being gay is just a tool
1: in Satan's toolbox. He knew that that was the one that worked for me. Yeah. Sick. You know, some people it was Aww. gossiping, or some people... I know, don't you...
0: You feel special a I little bit. Just been, I could have
1: just been, like, someone who, like, gossiped or something, or, like, what well, was, like, rude to people,
0: or bitter. You can be both. I oh, mean, you I have be- all of those. <laughs> but,
1: but, like, like, Satan... <laughs> Satan wanted to use being gay he
0: like put time into thinking about how to get you
1: like don't just give this one a bad attitude let them wanna
0: yeah I mean I don't know thanks Satan for really like choosing picking and choosing you know what I mean we need to
1: this is a different this is a different podcast this is a different TED talk we need to talk about Satanism it's yes the religion yes have you ever read the Ten Commandments of Satanism
0: no it's amazing It's amazing. I know it's probably nothing like anything that any sort of people, media would show when people think of
1: satanism they think of devil worship summoning demons animal sacrifice it's nothing blood like ritual that. absolutely not in fact in one of the states that abortion is illegal satanism is trying to you know make a law that huh. that like you can join satanism and then you can get an abortion because it's a religious belief <gasps> oh and they can't re, they can't go they can't keep you from doing it because it because uh, it's a religious oh my
0: god so i mean that is like playing the system to the max Let's oh yeah. do this anyways we, that's a Like I said, that's a different TED talk, but
1: yeah. Sometime I'm just gonna sometime I'm just gonna spring it on you and I'm just gonna be like, Hey, I've got something to read. I'm gonna read the the, quote unquote Ten
0: Commandments of Satanism. Yes. I'm like,
1: what do you think about those? And I'm gonna tell you and then you're gonna be blown away. And it's only gonna be me for the rest of the podcast because you're gonna be passed out on the floor because how dumbfounded you are.
0: And now that you're divulging all of this, none of that will happen because I will know what you're reading. I know. (laughs) Anyway, we're so like (laughs) off track. (laughs)
1: Anyway, so I I grew and learned to believe that um, that homosexuality was the thing that Satan had decided to use to try to get me to to um, stray the path and you know but we were taught that God was all powerful so God could take anything away and, and we were very much taught that um, <clears throat> things like addiction uh, drug addiction alcohol addiction addiction to cigarettes which was a, in our world was like being addicted to cigarettes was like one of the biggest problems that we would face as an adult. I mean, I'm not joking. Wow, it really? Like, yeah, it was like drugs and alcohol and cigarettes. And I was like, I just remember being like, cigarettes? That's the thing? I mean, I can't tell you how many stories I heard of people coming into church and getting saved and walking up to the altar and laying their cigarettes on the altar and never walking back. Never. Stood. First of all, they were probably lying. They were closet smokers. Which, oh, good for you. Um, and, and, you know, second of all, that's just not how it works. That's not how addiction works. And, you know, third, cigarettes, like that's the worst thing. Yeah, that's the big, (laughs) I mean. So strange.
0: I don't know. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make a, like a martyr, I guess Uh, is what I'm saying. Totally of something. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: an example, make a spectacle of something. Yeah. But it was also the hierarchy of sins was so outrageous because it was like, they talked a lot about the things that they thought were going to be problems. That were really obvious and bold, but like, like they didn't really talk about homosexuality a lot because it was like just it was so obvious that it was yeah. such a, it was so obvious that it was so horrendous mm-hmm. that they're like, why we don't even need to talk about that. Yeah, we don't need to talk about like you know murder, like you know, like we don't need to talk about murder. Like everyone knows murder is bad. You know? It's a commandment. Is one of the, one of the commandments. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So I learned. So then you know, but we served a. An all-powerful God that could do anything. So you know, he, people come down and 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 pray through. That was a big thing. Pray through. Mm. You know, you would go down to the altar and you'd stay at the altar for however long it took till you prayed through your issue, your alcoholism, your whatever, your sin. You stayed there and you prayed and then you prayed through it and then you walked up and you never did it again because that was Jesus. He was that powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So I spent the most of my my teenage and Um, early 20s adult life uh, begging pleading God to deliver me of homosexuality and I don't, you know, again that's a concept that a lot of people understand Mm -hmm. and a lot of people talk about and they understand that difficulty but a lot of times what I don't hear talked about is the um, the absolute torment of every single week you know um you know, without I, I don't know how to like express this without you know like you know puberty, what happens with puberty, and you, know, you start having your sexual awakenings and and discovering the things you're attracted to, discovering yourself, and yeah, and so so every week I'd be down at the altar praying because I discovered myself again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know that just horror, like the 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 process of like. I, uh, you know, Satan is using homosexuality to tempt me. And that is, that realization happens when, you know, you discover, quote unquote, discover yourself. And as a teenager, you're doing that all the time. So it was this constant, every single day, every single moment, every single week, begging Jesus to forgive me. And he never would. I mean, he'd forgive me, I'm assuming. Um but he never would deliver me. He'd never take me, he'd never take it away. And that kind of mind fuck of like, I don't want this to be a part of me because I want to be a good person. And the only way to be a good person is to not be like this. And I desperately, in the depths of my soul, want to be good. I want to be a good person. And this is the only way I know how to be a good person. And you won't help me do it. So I am by definition a bad person all the time, no matter how nice I am, no matter how much I help people, no matter how many good things I do, no matter how, how I strive every single day to do the things that we universally understand as being good, like treating people with kindness and helping others and all these things. It didn't matter because I was, I had this struggle of homosexuality that was in my, in my mind at all times and this is when the whole jesus knows your thoughts things is particularly detrimental yeah because you have no escape yeah there's no break there's no escape there's no nothing so we were taught that we're responsible for everything that enters our mind which is not true like like oh my God. Psych- psychologically you talk to therapists scientifically you know there's a concept of intrusive thoughts that are thoughts that don't belong to you they come they intrude
0: your mind that intrude that's not a word is that a word yeah Intr- intrusive intrude oh In, right i don't know okay well i'm questioning it now too okay. whatever it's a word now it's god ins- damn it it's a word we English said it sucks. it means things you know <laughs> they make up everything else <laughs> we get so mad so quick I anyway know, I like it.
1: <laughs> um our anger just rests on the surface because of trauma yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> um you it, it, it's a it's an understood concept that there are thoughts that enter your mind that are, you're not responsible for. Yeah. They come from trauma. They come from different places. And so it's not, you're not responsible for the thoughts you have. You're responsible for how you act on them. Yes. Whether you dwell on them, whether you let them stay there. That's not how Christianity was. Mm-hmm. You were, if it was in your brain, it was because it was coming from somewhere. And if you didn't want to think it, it was coming from the sin that existed in your heart. And that was where it was coming from. And those thoughts <sighs> were coming from somewhere. So you had to Dig that sinfulness out of your spirit and out of your heart, out of your who you were. And I never could. So I lived with this, with this not feeling, not impression, the understanding fact, capital fact F, facts that I was a horrible, disgusting human being. My dad, who was an abusive person and one of the main sources of trauma besides my, besides the church and, and, and religion. Told me at one point in my life that um, homosexuality was the worst sin ever. My first thought after that was, "Well, murder is a sin." Like I, I, my first thought, my comparison was, "You think being gay is worse than taking someone else's life?"
0: What an extreme. Yeah, and
1: I genuinely think he did. Like, I, like I, I know that's an extreme yeah. thing to say, but like being gay was the the antithesis of everything that he valued and so my existence was the the antithesis of everything that he valued wow yeah on a fundamental level i was a huge not only disappointment but kind of revulsion yeah to him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it?
0: Abomination is the word that yes. keeps coming up. Like that's, literally. Oh, that's what they describe homosexuality as. Everything against nature. Everything mm-hmm. against God. Purity. Morality. Like, no. That's none of it. It's so. You're bringing up a lot of shit. <laughs> there's a, there's a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. We haven't even deep dived yet. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot to be said about that. That that moment when you realize that you've believed that every single thought is being observed which just that alone like let's just like sit in the comfort of knowing that your thoughts that you're having right this moment no one knows they're your own no one is no no one is listening to your brain and judging you for it like there is I think there's an energetic impact of your thoughts, and I think that there's a lot to be said about the intention that goes unsaid. Like, the unsaid yeah. intention in your acts, I guess. But there's, there's a lot of privacy that you yes. actually have yes. in existence. If you're in your house and you're alone there is no one watching you and judging you for what you need mm. to do to take care of yourself Absolutely, that not. is that is like that was an earth shattering realization realization yes. that I had mm-hmm. yeah it was crazy I don't um, know why
1: I had to put that word in there for you I'm sure you could have found it yourself it's so. fine
0: it's fine everything's fine <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just speak for you <laughs> but yeah but I mean yeah ultimately yes that that realization that
1: is something that I still struggle with I'm gonna yeah. be perfectly honest oh yeah because I mean I, I would need several more hours to, to like, you know, deep dive into the daily life. But I did have in my early twenties, I start so, um, uh, I can't tell a story. I have to tell the background. So I, I left that church that from bad pastor, went to another church that, that, um, that, uh, it's actually, uh, I, I actually don't have negative feelings about that church, I don't particularly necessarily ag- agree with everything fundamentally, but who does? Right. As far as a, they really, I still, I still, I like them. I I I, I, ac- I, I, like them. I like the people. I like the pastors. I like, I still am very, I have some very dear friends from that church that. Um, nice. You found a community. I, f- I did find a community. And then there's a lot of things I miss about it. You know, like religion is too triggering. I don't think I'll ever be able to go back to a church, even if it's a, like, there's a Unitarian church that's like, wonderful not just like queer inclusive or accepting but like it's fundamentally a part of what they're they're fantastic cool. yeah there's a good there's a church that that that's and it's in eureka i can't remember the name of it i think it's the unitarian church it's fantastic um uh sorry uh you're doing uh, great uh, but i religion i don't think is so triggering for me that I don't think I'll be able to ever go back, but I have fond memories of this church. Um, and so I went from there, and then from that was one of uh, a, a really wonderful person. I was in a Christmas play actually at that church. Mm-hmm. They did Christmas plays every year, and I was um, I got to play the Grinch. Nice at Christmas play, and it was really fun. It Hell was yeah. really lovely. It was actually one of my favorite theater experiences of, of all. You know, nice. But there was a woman there who was the vocal coach for me for the whole production absolutely lovely person so fantastic they invited me to audition for ferndale rep for hello dolly
0: nice and that
1: was kind of like the beginning of me actually coming out and and having my moment of like because i met a lot of queer people through theater obviously and um i finally had this moment of like oh wait like the concept that being gay is wrong is their problem, not mine. I'm mm. not wrong. So I never had a coming out as far as like coming out as gay. I or queer. I knew that's who I was. The, my coming out moment, quote unquote, was the moment that I realized that it the belief that it's wrong is is their problem.
0: Not that's mine. their belief. Yeah, that's
1: their belief, not mine. It's not uh,
0: real. the
1: The reality is that they're wrong, not me. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I can still re- remember exactly where I was and who I was with and what was going on. Wow. I mean, I could drive you there and point to it right now. Like it, it like I, very clear. And if, I mean, and you know me well enough to know I can't remember anything. Yeah. I'm happy <laughs> to remember your name from day to day. You know, like my yeah. own name actually. Um, Uh, and so I had that that moment that realization and that really is what changed everything for me and I you know that's what really where my journey started was with that moment of realizing that being gay at the time that's how I identified was not wrong but that also started the like you know it put the crack in put the crack in the in, in the foundation mm-hmm. and then once you have a crack and you start tapping on it it just it starts spreading yeah and so it was like well if I if I finally accept this as my truth well now I have to question everything <sighs> everything and that is incredibly liberating and validating and beautiful and an incredible adventure
0: it's also terrifying. It's
1: also unnerving.
0: I mean, going back to that visual that you said earlier about, you know, you are falling into this rabbit hole. Yeah, it's really exciting. There's so much opportunity. There is so much to discover. But you're also free falling into no- everything. Yes, and noth- and nothing. And
1: nothing. You're falling. You're free falling into everything, and it feels like you're falling into nothing. Yeah. You don't have. Like I said, I didn't. I not only didn't have the education, I didn't have the tools by which to. I didn't have the 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 tools or the the know how to get that education.
0: Yep. And there's not like there's not. Oh, here's a here's a business idea. I I'm saying it first, so it's mine. Kay. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no like copyright, there's, copyright, copyright, copyright. Yeah. <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no people that are like, hey, we help you recover from religious trauma this is what you need to know about how emotions actually work here's what you need to know about what money management looks like here's what you need to know about like what you should look for in a partner if you are looking for a partner this is what like how normal sex drive is and it's okay to have more or less of it like all of this you All can of have these kinks things that doesn't matter. Like that's
1: not wrong. That's not bad. You, you can, can feel
0: good physically. Yes. Period. Yes. Like that you alone. You can like your body. You can wear
1: things that are quote unquote unmodest. You yes. Can, the list just—you
0: can goes. literally do whatever you want, and nobody is like there to catch you in this rabbit hole. There's there's no role there, no. and so you're just like again, you are having to scramble and catch up on those years yeah. of managing yourself. Yes and you have to freaking manage yourself. And you have to... You have,
1: <laughs> you still have to go to work. You still have to make money. You still have to pay bills. You still have to you know, yeah. not run into the cars when you're driving. Like, you know, yeah.
0: like you, you have to still
1: be an adult. You still have to do all of the things that is already overwhelming and unnerving. Yeah. Um, and if you if you, like yourself, I mean, if you, like myself, experienced also other universal traumatic experiences like the death of a loved one or or assault and abuse and different mm-hmm. things that I experienced And on top of these things, you're also processing that as well as these things. I remember the first time when I went to therapy, um, which I only got therapy because of a major health issue that I had that we'll talk about at some other point, Um, I was just kind of like Giving them the overall overview of my life And all the things that I experienced up to that point And I just remember Him being like Wow okay um. And like genuinely Just like I was like oh Fuck I broke another one I broke i th- yeah. <laughs> I've confounded no a therapist Great and I remember in that moment going Oh, I didn't even tell him the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I remember having that thought of,
0: like, oh, that was, that's just the,
1: oh, honey. That's just the highlights. Yeah. <laughs> You're all like, yeah. okay,
0: we're going to save that for another day yeah. then. <laughs> I'm just going to
1: write a little note here and we'll talk about that next. Session. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but one of the things he said to me that was uh, very validating um, was uh, any one of those, any one of the things that you've experienced, any one of them, only um would be overwhelming to deal with or process in an entire lifetime and he said and you're dealing with all of them at the same time and that's another thing that i feel like doesn't get talked about a lot is that when you finally have that moment of coming out or walking away or you know like the realist my awakening moment Mm -hmm. everything hits you at the same time Yep. your whole past your future your your sexuality your uh, your you're dealing processing what you believe and what you don't believe the foundation falls out from it it all comes rushing at you at the same time and that's the the, the, um, the, the paradox is that you're, you're free falling into nothing while also a huge wave of everything is hitting you at the same time and you're like it's more like tumbling in a wave. Mm. you feel like you're free falling in nothing because you can't grasp anything but actually something is just constantly rolling you over and over and over and over and you feel like you're drowning that's a good visual that's that's what it felt like honestly and mind you at this time that I had this awakening you know again another thing in my experience I feel like what happens a lot and again, I'm not saying these are negative things. I feel like this is just kind of like a universal understanding that we kind of think of how the process goes. It's how I thought it was going to go. Mm-hmm. We think that people have their awakening, they're coming out, they're whatever. And sometimes it has to do specifically, you know, me having my awakening about religion being directly related to my sexuality was the path that I had. A lot of people, like, I feel like being queer was the path, the, the, the thing that, that, put me on the path and push me towards my awakening. People have religious awakenings. Um and the thing that pushes them on that path is completely different. Right. You right. Know, I'm not saying that being queer is the only way that you can find that you you know, have that awakening. It happens right. for a lot of people in many different ways. Yeah. Um, um <clears throat> but at that time that I had my awakening, you know, we think that or I thought that it was gonna be like cool, now that I've had this realization, everything's gonna get better immediately because now i you know now i just i know i understand it all no i was still at that time uh waking like dreading going to sleep like still actually secretly praying and asking god to forgive me just in case he really did exist and just in case i was wrong and i was still waking up in the middle of the night just out of a dead sleep waking up saying god please don't send me to hell please begging oh waking god. up out of a dead sleep begging Jesus not to send me to hell so uh, yeah I had my awakening but that doesn't mean the trauma doesn't go away right that doesn't mean and that's something that I think that a lot of times we forget and it also can be really discouraging because we're like well now I know now that I have this knowledge everything else is gonna go away right yeah it doesn't yeah unfortunately that what the knowledge does is give you that first tool to find the path and often that path looks like therapy and and groups and friend new friendships new mm-hmm. Relationships mm-hmm. and relationships the, and all these different things that you are responsible to do yourself most of the time. Yeah. Because like you said there isn't a there isn't a um you, know, you don't see a commercial on TV about have you experienced religious trauma call 1-800, you know, help uh, me. Yeah, well <laughs> I was going to say a more inappropriate, But um, that too. Uh, and it will help you. And, you know, actually, uh, a little side story. That's one of the things that I wanted to do with my life. Like, if, like, if, if you know, if a, if a fairy god person showed up and said, you can do whatever you want with your life with, you know, with this, with know, a wand. Fairy dust, yeah. yeah. I, what I want to do is I want to, I would want to be a therapist, a psychologist that created a specific, like, training curriculum, whatever, that specifically. Helps people coming out of a religious cult environment, um, and with a focus on, you know, the LGBTQIA yeah. plus community. Yeah, that it does exactly that. Gives you the tools and the tips and the, the help to like validate your experience. And like you said, I like how you said about like this is how you manage money because that that was one of the first things that I started to fade off was tithing, was giving my money to a, a religious organization. Yeah, don't get start on because tithing. Because if someone controls your money, they control you. That's one hundred percent, and and that's where it starts. Like they they, they 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 get your money.
0: Well, and and they like money and like spiritual worth are so incredibly married that if you if you don't have a lot of money, if you aren't financially well off, if you you know if you do, if you don't, like you are either worthy or you're not and you should be in this place. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't have money, then that means that you're still like you haven't asked for forgiveness for some sin and so like it's st- ultimately it's still on you. Yep. If you're if you're not wealthy. And that's why you see a bunch of freaking Mormon dentists and freaking orthodontists and you know, anyway, sorry. I, I feel scared. like
1: that's a great topic for maybe our next show. <laughs> <laughs> All of the shows. <laughs> so it's,
0: our, it's the the last couple of minutes of our show where we like to do. We're doing a deep, deep, dive. deep dive. And I have I have a question for you for this deep dive.
1: I, have, I will have an answer. You <clears> don't <throat> okay. have to make it up. Here we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was a movie or character that helped you feel recognized and validated in your identity? And I guess to clarify, in your identity, meaning like as a queer person or as as a person who wasn't in the like heteronormative structure yes. anymore.
1: So my first thought. Actually, is not necessarily a specific person or a representation, but more of kind of like a, um, a desire, like a feeling, a feeling of what I wanted to be, you know. And I grew up, I, you know, I fucking love musicals. I absolutely enjoy them, all of them. And um, and my, you know, the first thing that came to mind when you asked that question, the first musical is um, uh, Barbra Streisand and Hello Dolly. I used to watch that as a kid growing up, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to be Dolly. And and in any musical, I always wanted to be the female lead. Yeah, and they're pretty glamorous. They're pretty. <laughs> I, that specifically, like Dolly Levi, Barbara Streisand's Dolly Levi, is like everything I want to be when I grow up. Mm. Like it, it just that that whole like meddling in people's lives with the best intentions, <laughs> always having a response, talking too fast, looking amazing, effortlessly, being funny, like all of right. those things is just like who I want to be. Funny story about that. I, um, two of my really, really, really good friends um, pre-COVID, this was pre-COVID days, the um, Eureka Theater would do, like they'd play like an old movie on like Wednesdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. And on, the, on one of the weeks they did Hello Dolly. So I two of my really good friends go and watch it with me. First of all, they loved it. Life-changing, as it was for me. Nice. And second of all, after they watched the movie, they said, you know, we understand you a lot more now. <laughs> 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 so, but one of the... What, how I'd like to answer that question is... One of the, the really detrimental things that religion has done to me and and the environment that I was raised in, you know, cult things... Is I'm so conditioned to react and think negatively about queer things that even after I came out and realized and started my queer journey, I still reacted negatively to all queer things, and it's still something that I struggle with now. Mm-hmm. Um, Just so responsive. Yes, it's it's a, I, I, I the best that I can compare the best thing I can compare it to is that that the Pavlovian response mm-hmm. you know where you they condition you to have a reaction to a certain thing mm-hmm. that even when when the, the other you know like the, 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 if you're not familiar with it it's they like a training where a dog you know every time they give them food they ring the bell and 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 then the dog salivates and then yeah got conditioned that even if they ring the bell with no food, the dog would still salivate. Yes. I think, is that if I'm remembering that correctly? That
0: was the most eloquent way I think of and like the concise, eloquent way of saying that. So yes, yeah, oh, that's excellent.
1: Um, So that's how it feels. That even like, I know it's, it's a conditioning. I know that being gay is not wrong. Yeah, I am a queer person. I know that being queer is not wrong. It's beautiful, it's amazing, it's celebrated, it's who I am. But even after I came out, this was, this was an, a, an example. Even after I came out, was an op- openly out gay, at the time, gay man. Mm-hmm. Um, I would see other gay couples holding hands, kissing, or whatever. And my first reaction was like, oh, how dare they? And I'm like, what? what, uh,
0: what? <laughs> Hold up now. Yeah, I'm like, that's <laughs> me. Yeah, like, I am
1: that person. How can I have that negative reaction towards something that I am? And mm-hmm. that's something that I think is a huge issue with particularly people that have religious backgrounds is that how you feel and who you are does not necessarily determine like how you feel like what your reactions and responses are to things you still have to undo that yeah you still have to to um, uh, dissect that take that apart you still have to you have to recondition yourself yeah to not have those reactions Yeah. and that can take years. It can sometimes never happen. Sometimes for the rest of your life you have the reaction and then choose to have have a different action.
0: You know? Well, and that's if you're even conscious enough to observe your reaction yeah. or if you have the belief that emotions are not just completely like visceral satan-based yeah. physical sin responses. Yes. Like that's that's many many years of working with that as as a foundation without that there is no there is no growth no in that in that realm at all period yeah and
1: and and, uh, one of the things i was thinking about i fully admit sorry i got distracted in the middle that i apologize you're doing great um one of the things i was thinking while you were saying that is that you know a lot of So many times, even 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 now, people ask me, "Oh, have you seen that movie? Did you?" Pose was a really good one. Mm -hmm. Pose is an incredible show across the board. Absolutely amazing. It's still difficult for me to watch because it's. It, there's a, it, it deals with a lot of heavy stuff.
0: It is a very uh, soft spot. It pushes on a lot of soft spots that yes. a lot of people have.
1: I would describe it as a trigger-heavy show yes. that is 100% necessary, 100% mm-hmm. beautiful, 100% yes. fantastic, yes. doing all of the good work. All of the Lord's work. By by Lord, <laughs> I mean Dolly Parton, of course. Yes. Um. All of the work, you know, like it's just uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, um, but it, it it it's a difficult show for me to watch. Yeah. And I and I've I have this experience where people um ask me, "Have you seen the show? Have you seen the show? This this gay show? This gay show?" And I'm like, "Oh no, I haven't." And I'm like, "Why am I avoiding these?" And it's because of that. So like i am a queer person i desperately need queer involvement queer people in Mm -hmm. my life and it's something that permeates every aspect of my life my relationships my friendships um the the media i consume yep um, everything who i follow on instagram to who i don't all of this being afraid that you know this person from from my church or my family is going to see this person that i follow that like Mm-hmm. Always does thirst traps. And I'm like, oh, well, I can't do that because what if my, you know, so and so from church sees that person without a shirt on? Then they'll, then they'll know I'm gay. And I'm like, oh my yeah. God, are you kidding me? Like, it, th- it still, still matters it to still, you. You still have that conditioning. And it's really just coming out, just acknowledging who you are, even accepting who you are, does not always open up all those doors for you to receive what you need. Yeah. You know, yeah. just like being like the, the journey by with. By which you learn to accept and love yourself does not always allow you to receive what you need. That's yep. that's a, a really that's a different aspect of 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 growth and healing that takes a long time and is really really difficult. Yeah. To do. Yeah. Um. And I, admittedly, I still haven't done a lot of it. Yeah. And that's it's that's really hard. So I would say, my I don't mean to interrupt her. No, no. But I would say that my answer to who is there someone that you know helped me realize or identify or what the answer to your question is that i'm s- i'm still looking you i'm still learning them. i'm still learning how yeah. to accept that in my life it's there i, I mean it's there somewhere i'm still
0: learning uh, how to to how receive to love mm, yeah. yeah there's a deep dive right there Ooh. um for another time. For another show. So <laughs> we are at the end. We are. Of our time here today. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody who is listening right now. It's
1: been amazing. It's been beautiful. I love it. I love all of you.
0: Yeah. Yes. And thank you, Humboldt Hot Air. Thank you, Wildberries. Yes. Thank you, uh, all of our friends and family and loved ones that are still with us. <laughs> yeah, they're still listening. In spirit? This, I don't know. Yeah. I think, yeah. Anyway. That could go I'd in like a to, dark way. I'd like
1: to thank the director and thank everyone for this award. It's, yes, yeah. It's like an yeah. acceptance speech in the best way possible. I'm not even in front of you. And
0: world peace. And, <laughs> <laughs> and world on that,
1: on that world peace <laughs> on that note.
0: Well, Gracie Lou Freebush, it's yeah, been a wonderful day. That's exactly day. what I was thinking. Gracie Lou
1: Freebush. Oh.
0: That's a drag name right there.
1: Oh, Oh, it is Gracie Lou
0: Freebush. <laughs> uh, oh, I love it anyway. Yeah. Okay, we love, y'all. we love y'all. Have a good week. Take care of yourselves. Be, nice. <laughs> Be
1: good to yourselves. This week, yes. we'll see you next, next Saturday at 1 p.m. Yep.
0: Have a yeah, take care of y'all.